Hello, and welcome to the Space Coast Pet Podcast, the podcast for pets and the people who love them. Now, here's your host, veterinarian Dr. Roger Welton. Hello, my fellow pet lovers, and welcome to the Space Coast Pet Podcast. I hope you are all enjoying a lovely Thursday morning. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Dr. Roger Welton, practicing veterinarian, a.k.a. Dr. Roger. <clears throat> we have an interesting episode today. Well, interesting from my perspective anyway. I'm sure the title is kind of throwing you off. Maybe some of you have seen the show Wicked Tuna. Some of you may have never heard of it. Some of you may have heard of it, but wonder why in God's name Dr. Roger would be watching that show and, and why it would inspire an episode. We're going to get to all that. Please stay with me because um, this is relevant and, and, in my opinion, important. And most importantly, it makes me happy to talk about it. Wicked Tuna is a fishing show about a fleet of fishing captains off of out of Gloucester, Massachusetts. And they go out and they have tuna season they're in competition with one another it's a very short season and they could stand to make a lot of money where they could bust and a lot is on the line and it's a reality show about these guys and uh, i'll get into why it inspired this episode in, in a, just a moment here first we're just going to do some uh listener email <clears throat> this one uh I, did not inspire an, an entire episode because there's a fairly, fairly short answer to this one. So we're going to address our listener email and then we will jump into our topic for today. This one came from my great home state of New Jersey. And here it is. Dear Dr. Roger, I have noticed the new generation of, quote, all in one prevention, close quote, for dogs all seem to have seizure disclaimers on the packaging and in their commercials, as I recently saw with Semperica Trio and Trifexis. My dog is on Semperica and has done fine with it. Frankly, I just love giving one pill to prevent everything, but I want to make sure I'm not putting him in harm's way by choosing this convenience. I would appreciate your thoughts on this. I love your show. Listen to it every Thursday morning while I'm on my treadmill. All the best, Ellen. Montville, New Jersey. Well, Ellen, thank you very much for this uh, email. I do get this question in practice all the time. The disclaimers are there. The FDA required them uh, because there is a very, very small potential uh, for this issue to occur. Um, we'll, uh, we'll touch on that in a moment, but let's just first briefly talk about what are the all-in-ones. So back in the day, um, actually up until fairly recently, we had to have separate uh, flea, and I'm sorry, uh, heartworm and intestinal parasite prevention as one product and then we had to have a separate product to prevent for fleas and ticks so that would be our external parasites and our internal parasites and they were separate products and this is the way it had to be done the flea ticks were typically topical products back in the day of like uh, advantage and frontline and then several uh, incantations of uh, preventatives like that down the road and then as time went on a, a medication called Confortis came out, which was the first oral flea tick. Um, and then down the road, we started to get um, combination products that would prevent for fleas as well as heartworm and intestinal parasites, such as Trifexis. And then most recently, we have Sempericatria, which gets intestinal parasites, fleas, ticks, and heartworm. It's the all-in-one. That is what my own dog is on, and um, 
you know, not trying to be a cheerleader for any one product. There's a lot of different directions you can go. But as far as Ellen's concerned, yes, there are disclaimers. Um, realistically, so these, these these products that are taken internally that do uh, prevent for not just the heartworm and intestinal parasites, but also prevent for um, flea tick, they are, they are insect growth regulators. And so they work on the neuronal activity of the fleas and ticks. And that's how they actually... Um, kill these things basically kind of cooks their brains so to speak they don't really have brains they have more like what are called nerve ganglions they're sort of nerve bundles that kind of serve as their primitive brain but uh, essentially it does cause some uh, electrical disturbance there i can't really get into the mechanism of specifics and how they work it's been a while since my last lunch and learns as far as these products are concerned but uh, they are very 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 safe Um, what we find is that they don't really cause seizures, but in patients that have a predisposition to seizures, such as like epileptics, um, dogs with, you know, down, down the road, the older have inflammatory neurological disease, um, it, the, these products can lower the seizure threshold. They're not going to be the cause, though. So by seizure threshold, what I'm referring to is the excitatory aspect of, you know, what, is, what does it take to get enough excitation neurologically to set off a seizure um, and that there's a threshold for that. So that's why we know that, you know, certain dogs with predispositions of seizures can, uh, any excitatory event going to the groomer or going to the vet or going to the dog park can, can precipitate a seizure. So um, anything excitatory. And so what we find is that threshold can be lowered and seizures uh, can more prominently happen. Um, so my own dog has a neurological condition that's it's, it's epileptoid, so it's not um, epilepsy, but it's kind of a unique presentation of it. She doesn't go into grand mal seizures, but she would, she would kind of get this tick in her head um, and, then, and then kind of fall over, and it's called canine epileptoid cramping syndrome. Um, I've been able to manage it in a very, very uh, non-pharmaceutical way, which I've been really fortunate about, uh, and yet I still have her on some paracatrio, and she does fine and has not had an episode in several years. Um, so, you know, that's that's really how safe uh, these things are. Now, that stated, any dog that is an epileptic, like a true epileptic that gets grand mal seizures or has inflammatory neurological disease or other kind of neurological disease that causes seizures, I'd probably, you know, rethink using the all-in-ones. Um, you know, just, just not to tempt fate there. But as far as causing seizures and being the primary causative agent, that's not the case. Ellen, I'd feel perfectly safe about continuing to treat your dog with some paracatrio. So good email, very relevant, and uh, hopefully that clarifies a few things for people. So Wicked Tuna. <clears throat> so um, cast of characters that, you know, each one has unique personalities, and they, they have crews, and and it, it's just, yes, I'm a nerd watching this, uh, but, you know, I, I do like to fish myself offshore, and, you know, it's just so cool watching these guys go, zap, go after these enormous bluefin tuna fish, you know, several miles offshore, and they are reeling in these fish and god they're really really hard to catch and um they can fetch you know somewhere between three and eight thousand dollars per fish and and so they're, so they're very very valuable and and the the species is threatened and so they have very tight restrictions on uh, the length of the season what size you can keep and these guys really strictly adhere by these because they they respect the fishery and they want them to uh, be able to uh, have a sustainable population so that they can continue to fish and make a living off it and at the same time preserve the species. 
Um, a lot of the sushi that we eat uh, comes from uh, bluefin tuna. And so uh, it's, it's like, it's like uh, ocean gold. It's like you know, diamonds of the ocean, basically. Um, and, and so these guys are in competition. It's a very, very short, finite season. And it's just so, so fun for me to watch. But of all the captains, um, my favorite captain is one named TJ. And TJ runs a boat called the Hot Tuna. And I love TJ because he's a good guy. He treats his crew really well. And part of his crew are these two Rottweilers that he just adores. And that's one of the coolest things about that boat is, um, you know, the, the excitement of a fish getting, you know, get, getting on the hook and everyone's yelling fish on and they're reeling in all the other lines and they're getting prepared to, to reel in this beast. And we're talking about, you know, three to 400 pound fish sometimes that they got to reel in. Well, they're going nuts. They're running all over the boat and that the Rottweilers are also in on the fun, barking their heads off, you know, just as excited as everybody else. It's amazing how these Rottweilers have adapted to life on a tuna boat. It is just the coolest thing. And they'll be out there, you know, days, sometimes weeks at a time on this tuna boat. And these Rottweilers are right there with them. And they're sitting there making themselves breakfast. And then they make breakfast for the dogs. And it's just part of the joy of what they're doing. And what really struck me was I was watching an episode actually just uh, on Sunday. And they got a new puppy. So they got a third Rottweiler. And and she's a baby. And they just, the other two are males. This is their first girl. And, and these two, you know, gruff, the, the, they're called the Ott brothers. So TJ's the captain and his brother Mike Ott is the first mate. And you got these these big burly, you know, fishermen that just dote over these dogs. And the, the puppies, they're, they're just smitten over this puppy. Well, as I said, these fish are extremely valuable. And there is only a very finite season in which they can catch. And so sometimes they can go a week and not catch a fish. And in other weeks, they can catch three or four. And it's just, it's just very hit or miss. But every day, every minute they're on the ocean is precious because they only have so much time to catch as many fish as they can. So what struck me was TJ, and he had just caught, they had, they'd had a good week. They caught uh, three fish. And they were on a roll, and you know, fishermen are uh, superstitious. <laughs> and you know, when you're on a roll, you, you, it's just like a known fact: you, you don't stop till you stop catching. You know, that's I'm superstitious that way in my uh, my amateur fishing that I do. And I'm just amazed that here they are in this roll. And TJ said, "We got to go in." Um, and his first mate, his brother, uh, fully agreed. And they have a third mate on there that uh, is not related to them, but but he's like family to them. He also agreed. They they went in because the puppy was due for her last puppy wellness visit. And TJ, you know, they, they have their little their little soliloquies where you know um, they're talking directly to the camera, and, and he basically said, "Well, we're going in. We're going to take half a day off from fishing because." I strongly believe in the well-being of my crew, the health and happiness of my crew. Not only is it the right thing to do, these are the, the people and the pets that make your boat the best possible environment, a happy environment, being isolated out on the water all this time. But it makes a more productive boat to have a happy, healthy boat and all your crew happy. And I consider my dogs as an integral part of my crew. They provide my constant happiness and joy and companionship that makes the hot tuna what it is and this boat is not the hot tuna without my dog so yes i'm taking half a day and we're going to go to the vet i want to make sure my girl is healthy we're going to get her last set of shots we're going to check 
you know, her for parasites, give her a good once over, make sure my girl is growing well and all is good. So there he goes <laughs> with his big burly brother and they come in just doting over this puppy and puppy gets a clean bill of health. Everyone's happy. They're all smiles. They missed a half day of fishing, which could cost them a fortune, but they didn't care. They didn't care that puppy was far more important. And then back they went to their boat and then off to go fish some more. And that really struck me. It struck me because it really, it really just kind of rams home the point that how important these animals are to our lives. And, and I'm using Rottweilers as an example, but cats provide the same level of, of joy uh, to our lives uh, in, in, in their own way, in the love that they provide. And it's, it's completely unconditional. It's something that we need. And so I was telling my girlfriend about this, uh, how moved I was by this episode with TJ. And she, she said the most pithy thing, and I, I really feel it's true. She said, you know, we consider working animals animals that have a specific job. So in the case of herding dogs, you know, you have dogs that are out there to work a farm and herd the animals and, and help the farmer. You have others that pull sleds. You know, you got your Malamutes and your Huskies. You, you know, working dogs, uh, seeing eye dogs. You know, we can go on and on about dogs that have a job. Um, but she opined that in reality, all pets are working pets. And she said working pets because she's putting the cats in this as well. No, we may not ever see a, t a cat on a tuna boat, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a lot of uh, folks that are what are called snowbirds. And so they're, they're retirees and they own RVs and they come down here for the winter. And after winter's over and it's summer, they, they pack up and they get in their RVs and they go RVing all over the country and just see the beautiful sights this country has to offer. And a lot of them have their cats that live in the RV and these are traveling cats and they are happy in their RV and they travel and they're fine with it and, and life is good. So let's put our cats in this bundle as well. But she feels that all pets are working pets because they are fulfilling a job. We have a need. We have a, an absolute human need for unconditional love and companionship and you look at these animals that have been you know kind of selectively bred in over thousands of years to facilitate integration into the human home and be part of the fabric of our lives and part of our family and considered family and and essentially this is why I will always have a job my girlfriend chill a CVT certified veterinary technician she'll always have a job because we love these animals so, so much. And they are all working animals. They are working to fulfill our basic human need of unconditional love and companionship. And it's such a beautiful thing because people can turn on us. People can disappoint us. Our animals never, ever disappoint us. They are always there no matter what. You can always count on that pet that kitty cat to run up to the door when you're home, to jump in your lap when you sit on the couch, the dogs to be so happy that you're home, making it seem like you've been gone for an eternity when you've only went to the grocery store for an hour. That kind of love, that kind of attention, it's just, it's just so admirable and beautiful. And TJ Ott, the fisherman, just really exemplified that. He lost half a day of fishing to make sure he cared properly for his puppy. 
and now he's going to have three Rottweilers when that thing's full grown. Three over 100-pound Rottweilers on his tuna boat. Taking up some space. It's an awfully big boat, but, you know, it's only so big, and but that's okay. That's what makes him happy. It reminds me of this, this client, this young man, and, and I, I love to see this. I, 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 think of, I think of this gentleman often just because he's, he's, he's such a delightful guy. He's a young man in his 20s. He just moved here from New York you know, just a few months ago. And what struck me was I came out into the reception area, and I see this young man sitting with this cavalier, uh, King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. Her name's Abby, <laughs> I later learned. And he's sitting there, she's on his lap, and she's literally like nudged up in, his, in, in the nape of his neck. And he's just sitting there stroking her. And like it's this like love affair. <laughs> and he's just kissing her on the head and just stroking her. And I, I said to the receptionist, like, is, that my, is that my next patient? She said, yep. Uh, you, she, all checked in and ready to go. Yeah, well, we're going we're gonna to load the room in just, just a minute or two. And so I come in and I meet this gentleman. And at first, you know, he's, he's a little wary of me. And I'm, I'm thinking, I wonder, I wonder why he's a little wary. And he said, he goes, hey, doc, um, I just want to preface this, this, this appointment with uh, letting you know I'm, I'm new to the area. Uh, I moved down here from New York. I just love my vet up in New York. And, you know, it's really stressful to, uh, to ha- find a new doctor. I picked you guys because you have all the best reviews. You uh, definitely c- come with a reputation, but, you know, I, I don't take that at face value. I got experience, everything for myself. So I just want to let you know. And, again, don't take this the wrong way. No offense. But you, you guys are on probation. <laughs> He said, this dog is my world. This dog is my life. I will do anything for her. And I need to know that she's in the best possible hands. And so we're going to go through a probationary period. I just got to make sure this is the right fit. And I said, well, you know, I really appreciate your candor. And and I think, I think you're going to ultimately be happy with the care here. But I understand where you're coming from. This is your family member. This is your child. I, I told the gentleman, I, I said I was once your age, and I had a dog that was my college dog, and it was my first dog that I ever had outside of the family, meaning that it wasn't the family dog that you know I enjoyed and, and loved. It was my own dog in my own place that traveled with me as my education took me all over the country and even all over the world. The dog was my one constant, and I understood that level of love and I, I, I conveyed that to him and I, I joked with him when I said you know my my fiance uh, at the time when I was a senior my senior year of uh, vet school who later became my first wife <laughs> um, she used to she used to joke and say you know if it was if it came down to me or the dog <laughs> I'd be packing my bags she knew I was just insane over Tiffany my yellow Labrador retriever I just adored that dog. And so I understand and I understood. I'm like, I know exactly what your mindset is. I know exactly how you feel about your dog. And and we we treat every patient as if they're our own in that way because we understand that bond. And so we just hit it off right away. And all these months later now, you know, he's very comfortable in the practice. And uh, it's just great to see this young man and how much he just adores his dog. And just, just, just listen to this. This, this is what's truly amazing. The last time I saw him, uh, and I, I'm sorry about all the noise in the background. I don't know if that's translating into my microphone here, but in my little uh, home studio, uh, I have baby ducks that 
are quite rambunctious and playing right now. So if you're hearing a disturbance in the background, it's it's my baby ducks. Uh, they're not quite ready to move outside to the duck coop. <laughs> so they're, they're living in my house right now. Um, and yes, they bring me a great deal of joy. I absolutely adore my ducks. If you listen to this show, you you know that full well. So sorry about the noise, but it is what it is. They'll be out uh, outside in the next next week or two here. But back to what I was saying. The most recent time I saw him uh, and his dog Abby, she had you know pretty bad ear infections, and she's had them before. And he basically was like, you know, I really want a more permanent solution to this, where you know I'm not dealing with this three times a year. And, and so I came up with a treatment plan for him, and then. Um, I asked that he, he come and recheck and let's see how the treatment worked. And then we'll go into maintenance phase where we're going to go into prevention mode. And in that second visit, he said, wow, I, I, I've never seen her ears clear up that fast. That treatment you recommended was fantastic. And uh, I'm ready for prevention mode. I'll do whatever whatever you recommend. And and then we, we went through our, our recommendation and what our strategy was going to be. And then before the visit was over, he goes, hey, doc, you know, we're only a week away from her eighth birthday. I really want to know she's she's healthy and do everything I can. Is is like regular blood work something that you do just to assess her overall health? I said, well, you know, uh, we actually consider them technically a senior at eight years of age, and yeah, she's going to be eight years old, and and so yeah, at that point, we'd actually generally recommend at least once a year a senior wellness blood workup, um, even if they're not sick. We we like the early screening, and he goes, let's do it. <laughs> so we did we did the blood work and and. Everything turned out fine, and, and I was really happy to report that to him. But for an owner to bring up to me, hey, is it time to start doing some you know, early early screening, some monitoring blood work to, to see what her health is like because she can't, she can't speak and, and say how she's feeling, and, and she's also a very stoic dog at that. You know, Normally, it's us having to bring that up. Hey, your dog's technically a senior. Your cat's technically a senior. And it's sometimes a tough sell for us because you know the, the pet looks perfectly healthy and fine, and we're asking them to do preventative blood work and they're thinking, eh, you know what? I don't really need that expense because my cat, my dog looks fine and your physical exam was fine. Lo and behold, internally, they may not be as fine as they look externally. So a clean physical exam doesn't always translate into a 100% healthy pet. That's why me at 47 years old, I don't just go for my physical. I get a full complement of blood work to make sure all my organs are functioning. Uh, to make sure there's not something internal going on that is a ticking time bomb. I, I hope all of you out there are engaging in that kind of pre- preventative well care for yourself. But at any rate, um, yeah, to, so for this young man to just, just come out there and, and just say, hey, let's do this, and happily takes on that expense and, and was just thrilled that the blood work was normal. Uh, that's another thing, too. We do well, wellness blood work sometimes for as just preventative measures. There's nothing clearly, like, evidently wrong with the patient physical examination and i call up the owner and i'm like hey good news everything's great oh, okay <laughs> like they sound disappointed that <laughs> everything's normal like they wasted their money because everything's normal don't take it that way you should be excited that everything's normal we have a good baseline as well so when we check this next year we could always look back and look for any trends or any any patterns that would suggest that okay, in the future, we look like we might be heading in this direction and we should do A, B, and C to prevent that. So, you know, this gentleman, on you know, on the other hand, was like, oh, fantastic, Doc, thank you so much. It's so good to know she's healthy. I'm going to do this every year. And, uh, you know, just so excited about 
being engaged in the process of, of his dog's care. And, and so I come across people like this actually quite often. And, you know, it's, it's the difficult ones that, that, that unfortunately seem to get all the attention. The ones that, you know, just give you a hard time about, about basic recommendations or, or, you know, just don't want to buy into, to what we're trying to accomplish. And, and, and really those are few and far between. Probably most of you listening right now are the ones that are like Abby's owner or like TJ Ott on the hot tuna in Wicked Tuna. You know, you're, you're all, you're all the folks out there that I just love to see. And really that's the vast majority of what I'm, what I'm experiencing uh, in, in general practice. So I just want to let you know, I appreciate all of you and I appreciate people like TJ and people like Abby's owner. Um, it, it really, really makes my job enjoyable just to know people care so much. So yeah, I just wanted to share that tidbit. I know it may seem silly, but I'm watching Wicked Tuna and who would have thought that a fishing show <laughs> would inspire uh, a dog and cat pet wellness uh podcast (laughs) so but it did we find inspiration in all walks of life and i found mine for this episode in a fishing show thank you for tuning in um i would recommend wicked tuna to anybody i even forget what channel it's on but just scroll through your cable guide there is a new season i record it because i'm a nerd (laughs) i love the show um this was not an advertisement for wicked tuna but you know how to talk about the good feel that I got on Sunday watching that episode. Thank you, Ellen from New Jersey for your, your email is a very pertinent one. Folks keep those listener emails coming. If yours didn't make the cut this time around, just keep them coming. It all really comes down to you. What have we talked about most recently? What uh, is really relevant? What's, what are common questions that I, I get in practice that I think everybody should know about? You know, don't don't feel badly that yours doesn't get chosen. Only one gets chosen per episode. But the good news is there's plenty of episodes. I come to you once a week. Keep the emails coming. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. I will talk to you next Thursday. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.